try to. Uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't work on the Sabbath. They wouldn't um, spit in the sand, and they wouldn't make mortar or, or, uh, for building walls. And Pharisees were self-righteous and looked down on how others lived. How many have ever had a, had a Pharisee heart at times and looked down at the way others lived? All right. I mean, it's easy. It creeps in. And then the, the other side, the Pharisees, uh, to them was the Sadducees. And the Sadducees were, were very liberal in their religious theology. Um, they didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in miracles or angels. And, and they, were, they were intellectual. They, they used their minds. And the, and the Sadducees, I like this because the, the way that Sadducees is spelled, they were sad, you see. They really were. They were sad, you see. And the Pharisees. They were not fair, you see, right? And, and, and so they both had their issues here. And uh, lastly, in verse 9, um, this parable uh, talks about who, uh, who it's written to or who it's spoken to a particular group. And so I want to I point that out. Luke chapter 18, verse, verse 9, finally getting there. And hopefully I won't keep you too long tonight. And this is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And it says this, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, don't be those people. <laughs> don't be those people. Uh, he's, he, you know who he's talking to there. He's talking to the Pharisees. He, Jesus is telling this story in front of them so they can kind of figure out who he's talking to. Uh, and so uh, verse 10 says this, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. You know what's interesting to me? Both of these people were probably not well liked. No one likes a really judgy person that's always looking down, telling you you'll never amount to anything. You can't do anything good. There's no good in you, right? And no one likes this person over here who's stealing from you, right? They're both, they both have their faults and they both have their issues. And the Pharisee, he prays in, in verse 11, and he says this. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I want just, just note this. I want you to look at this. Number one, he's praying all by himself. He's isolated himself. Um, he's separated himself from the others. There's a lot to be said about that just in, in that. Um, this is not a, separati- a, sep- a separation of quarantine. We know that word really well now, right? Quarantine. Uh, this is not a separation of quarantine, but that of a separation of status. You guys belong over here. I'm going to be over here. It's kind of like this. You guys belong down here. I'm going to be up here. Yeah, that's right. Bev, you can't tell me I'm short. All right. So Pharisees, that was their, their mentality. I'm going to be over here. You guys be over here because, number one, I'm more intellectual. I follow rules better than you. I've, lived, I've devoted my life to you, so I automatically am separated from you. The, uh, and, and so the, he prayed this prayer, or the King James Version says he prayed thus with himself. So when he prayed this prayer, he's praying this to himself. He's not even praying to the Lord here. Look at this. Look at this. He says, I thank you, God, that I am not like the other people. You know, when you're saying prayers like that, you better, you better check yourself. I'm not, I'm not a cheater. I'm not a sinner. I'm not an adulterer. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, don't be judgy. 
I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of my income. So I want you to do me a favor. Look at that verse. Leave that verse up there. Count. No, no, go back to 11. I want you guys to count the pronoun I. How many did you get? Is it six? Is it five? I don't remember. Six? I thank God, thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I guess I could certainly not like the tax. So six times, six mentions he's talking about himself. That's a, that's a pretty arrogant prayer about yourself, isn't it? When your language in your prayer is about I, me, I, and we should listen to how we're praying. We really should. We, you should really pay attention to how you're praying because sometimes we pray these selfish prayers. And sometimes, like James says, we, we ask amiss because we're praying for our will and not God's will. And so he six times there, he says that. Six, six times he's telling God, look what I'm doing for you. Right? Look, I'm not an adulterer. I'm not. Look, look, God, I, I don't cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. And I'm definitely not like that guy. Look what I'm doing for you, Lord. Look, look at this. And honestly, and you've heard me say this, I is right in the middle of the word pride. 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 Pride's a dangerous thing. Pride is a dangerous thing in our lives. It creeps in. And the devil works in, in one of two ways usually. He usually puffs us up in pride or he beats us down and we feel like that we're not worthy. Those two things, that's usually how the enemy works. And if you're on this side or this side, you probably need to say, hey, Lord, what's going on? What, what, what lie am I believing of the enemy right now? So look at this. His attitude is as if God should be grateful to him for what he is doing. God should be grateful for his commitment. It's a pretty bold statement, right? And the Pharisees, they would do this. They would fast twice a week. They would fast on Mondays, and they would fast on Thursdays. Now, look at this. If you look, if you look at the history of this, there's, there's a significance to this because this was the days that the markets were open in Jerusalem, and this was by no accident. You know Why? Fasting Pharisee, fasting Pharisee would work their way all the way around town to let everyone know, I'm not partaking today. I'm just letting you know I'm fasting, right? It's Monday. You guys know I don't eat on Monday because that's my fasting day, right? And, 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 uh, and honestly, the, the Pharisees, they would do this, and the fasting Pharisee would, would work their way to show that they were fasting. The correct perspective is not for men's applause when it comes to fasting, but for divine connection with God. When you fast, whatever you're fasting, you know, and I've made that mistake in my life. I mean, we, we tell people, oh, I'm fasting this and this and this. And you know what? The fast is between you and God. You and God. And, and just, just, just you and God. God, I, I'm going to give this up. I'm, I'm not going to let my, my left hand know what my right hand's doing here. Lord, I'm just going to, just between us, just between you and me, because it's not important that, that I go tell uh, Katie, that I'm fasting, because it's not between me, Katie, and God. It's between me and God, all right? And so uh, Matthew 6, 5 says this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. And 
Now look at this. I want, I want to point this out. So look at the Pharisee. Remember, he what? Separated himself. He got out of the middle of the crowd, put himself, isolated himself. Guess what? So people could see him. So Jesus gives this warning there in, in Matthew, and he says, I tell you the truth. That is all the reward that you'll ever get. So people that do that, those things publicly, they let people know, hey, I'm fasting, or hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray on this street corner. And I, Listen, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with praying on a street corner, but if you're doing it in the right heart, whatever. But, but if, you're, if it's about me, 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 notice me, I, 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 I. You're messed up. You've missed the whole point. So the Pharisee's point was to be seen. Look at me. Look what I'm doing for God. And I know it's quiet in here, but we've all been there at times, right? And, and if we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, a little bit of pride comes in. Look what I'm doing. Look, look what we're doing. And, and here's the thing. We live in a narcissist society. We really do. It's all about me, 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 me. You know how I know that? Social media. One only has to get on social media, right? Uh, we have these things called social media influencers, right? Their whole goal is to just influence people, good or bad, whatever that, whatever that looks like, whatever they're influencing. And let me tell you something. I, I've been grieved in my heart at times where I've seen so many people promoting their agendas under the ministry or the headship of, of Jesus. Catch my wording there? They're promoting their agenda under the headship of Jesus' ministry or Christ's ministry. And I, I tell you what, it, it wears on me. It wears on me because here's the deal. It's not my ministry. This is not my church. I, God has given me the ability to pastor this church. God has put me in this place. But let me tell you something. This is his church. It's his church. It's not my church because guess what? If I was to die tonight, this church would continue on because God would send the next person in. So I, I, I'm smart enough and I'm wise enough to know that, right? Wisdom, uh, wisdom is, is putting knowledge into practice, right? Amen. So if you, you should ask the Lord, hey, Lord, give me not only knowledge, but Lord, give me wisdom. Show me how to use that knowledge and how to, how to make that work. So, uh, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with social media. Listen, I'm not beating down on social media uh, I am, I am a little sick and tired of it, though. I'm just going to be honest, just personally, okay? Uh, I'm a little, little weary of it, but, but I, I get grieved in my heart when I see people on social media doing comparison and, and um, people bullying people, right? Seeing insecurities flare through social media. And, and, and it's not the content of what we are posting, but it's... Oftentimes, we post to get likes. And, and listen, that's okay. And, 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 and you can look this up. I mean, um, I, I believe I read a, a study once that when we get likes on social media, there's uh, a dopamine that is released, the same dopamine that drug addicts get released when they use a drug. And there's a reason that we always go back to social media. And listen, I, listen, some of you got teenagers. Man, protect your kids. Protect your kids. Protect your kids. All right. You say, man, you're really beating us down tonight. Listen, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving what the Lord told me to told me to speak. Look at this. Matthew chapter six, verse one says this. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. 
So if you do do something, I don't know if that's proper. If you do do something, I don't know, do comma do something, all right? Um, if you do something, make sure that you're doing it with the right heart and not for man's applause, for people to see or people to know. And see, and I don't know about you, the Holy Spirit, he's, he's flipping my world upside down in my thinking constantly. He's, he's constantly just working on me. How many, how, many, how many feel like you need the Lord to constantly work on you? He is constantly refining me and shaping me and making me. And, um, and I believe this, uh, that, that social media, it's okay, but God's heart is more important to me than your likes. I'd rather have God's heart than, than your like or your heart on my social media. Just saying. I, I would. I would. And I'm not saying those things are bad, and it's okay. Hey, if you want to post something spiritually, you want to encourage people, use your social media to encourage people. Do that. I mean, be the light of Jesus and encourage people and love on people. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying sometimes our hearts are wrong in how we are doing it. Um, so we see the Pharisee, his heart is simply as this. I'm simply not like that tax collector. And he wasn't at all because Pharisees approached the Lord with pride of his service. And the work of the Lord. Here, look, Lord, look what I did. I, 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 I. Um, service to the Lord is important, but the heart of your service to the Lord is even more important. It's not just about serving, but it's your heart and how you serve, right? Uh, it reminds me, um, there's a difference between me telling my kids, hey, you need to do this. You need to clean this, your room. But there's a difference in when their heart is right and when their heart is not right when they need to clean their room, right? Some of you parents know what I'm talking about. Sometimes they have a good attitude about it, and they get in there, and they clean it. And then sometimes they're cleaning it, and they're just miserable the whole time they're doing it, right? And so our heart, how we approach service, it's not just because. And sometimes, man, if we aren't careful in church, we get so busy doing things and serving and serving and serving that we serve for the purpose of serving and not because, hey, we're serving with the right heart to love on the Lord and to love on people. And that should be our goal. So look at this. So the tax collector's prayer, and we've been talking about this, this word grace, and I love the word grace. Let me tell you something. Uh, the uh, unearned, unmerited favor of God. And I tell you what, how many are thankful for grace? Amen. God's blessing on me despite I don't deserve it. You know, oftentimes... Have you ever been given something that you don't deserve? I'm not talking about if you got a spanking when you shouldn't have got a spanking. <laughs> I've had a few of those in my life. Um, what about, uh, have, has anyone ever extended kindness to you even though you didn't deserve it? Doesn't it just flip your day? Doesn't it just make your day like uh, you don't really deserve it, you know you don't deserve it, and then someone's just overly kind to you and you're just like, you know. I need to be more like that. I'm going to be more like that. And that's what I always say. Uh, and what about this, the word mercy? And the word mercy is deliverance from, from judgment. And God is not punishing us for, for what we deserve. I don't know about you. The wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is, you know what that is? Mercy. The wages of sin is death. I deserve death. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Guess what? That's me. 
I fit in that all category. And the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. I love that. I love, I love how God flips things upside down. Look at this. Verse 13 says this. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven. And as he prayed, instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Tax collector, he didn't sit up front. He didn't isolate himself, but he just kind of stood at a distance, just I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm not even worthy, Lord, to lift up my head. I can't even lift up my countenance to who you are, God. I am a sinner. That's somebody that understands that they need mercy in their life and they need grace in their life. The tax collector understood that, that, that he needed mercy. I'm reminded by this that I need mercy in my life. I do. I do. Each and every day. How many make how many make perfect decisions each and every day? All right, good. No one raise your hand. If you raise your hand, we're going to call you a liar. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I need mercy because I deserve to get what is coming to me. I do. Uh, no, and notice the difference in attitude and demeanor. Tax collector compared to the Pharisee. The Pharisee is all high and mighty. I, 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 I. And the only I that you hear out of this tax collector is I am a sinner. I know who I am. I know what I am. And, and, and so uh, be merciful is, is the Greek word halaskomai, uh, which means to be propitious. Everyone say propitious. That's a big word, right? Big word. It's a verb here, and it's used uh, one, other, one other time in, in, as a verb in Hebrews when it says, it says this, Hebrews 2.17 says, Therefore, in all things... He had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make what? Propitiation for the sins of people. Talking about Jesus Christ here. He is the propitiation. He is the mercy, the reconciliation for our sins. He filled the gap. The mercy seat, you know, if you read up on the mercy seat in the Old Testament would, would be where the priest would sprinkle the blood of the lamb. And that's where the, the, that the price had to be paid. And then their sins would be atoned for the year. But Jesus came and he fulfilled that law. He finished it, right? And, and because he did that, he became the perfect mercy seat for you and me. You know why we can come boldly before the throne of glory? Because Jesus Christ gave mercy and he gave grace to you and to me. Amen. I love that. And I, I need that in my life. I need to hear that. A better translation of the tax uh, collector's words are is this. And you can write this down. God be merciful to me, the ultimate sinner. The ultimate, I like that because it reminds me, even, even Paul, you know, Paul said, I am the cheapest of all sinners. I am that guy. I am the worst of the worst. And honestly, when our heart is right, when we know what God has done in us, we know our true place. We know that we're, we're saved and that, that, we're the, we're, that we're children of God. But we know where God brought us from. We can look back and go, that should be me. But thank God. Thank Jesus. 
Look at this. Uh, 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 I like this. Oswald Chambers says this. You can write this down. This, this, I love this. Sincerity means that the appearance and the reality are exactly the same. Sincerity means that the appearance and the reality are exa- exactly the same. What do you mean? Okay, I'll give you an example. If someone was to come and to get saved, right, we know that they believe. So we, we believe that they got saved. But if they get up and then the reality and the appearance and their life, how they live, does not match up with the decision that they made, you know what? There's, that wasn't a true sincere uh, salvation, right? So we're looking at that. And so I, I love that quote because when we're sincere, when we're truly repentant, when we're truly humble, guess what? It's going to line up. It's going to match. It's going to be like, man, I know I'm a sinner, but, but God, I'm just going to run after you. I know I need you. I know I need you. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. You would think that it's interesting because the topsy-turvy way that God works, uh, you would think that he would go after the, the people that had a lot of pride because you think he would go after the people that are strong and, and are, are confident and, and they'd, they'd lack insecurities that, that they're, he would go after them. But no, he goes after the people that are humble. It's like, hey, I don't deserve to be here. God, I, but I'm, I'm here. You know, I'll, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll, Lord, if you need me to do the smallest thing in the church, I'll do it, and I'm going to do it. With, I'm going to do it with the best of my attitude, with the best attitude, and the best of my ability, and the best of my heart. So notice this: the tax collector says, "Oh God," um, and there's nothing wrong with praying to God, and uh, and oh God, but Jesus prayed to his Father. You remember that? Jesus said, "Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." Right. And here's the, here's the difference. The Father is closer in relationship with us in terms of God. When we, when we call on our Father, right? So I can pick up the phone. I can call my dad. And I can say, hey, Father, Father, right? Hey, Father. Or, hey, Dad. I don't call my dad Father. But I say, hey, Dad, right? How are you? I don't go to him and say, hey, disciplined guy that disciplined me as I was growing up. No, I, I call him. I call him my dad. There's there's a closeness, and 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 Jesus always prayed to his father, except for when he was on the cross. It's one time he didn't. He said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" For the first time there, and, and we see this Jesus. He is praying, and the weight of sin is on his shoulder. The man, mankind sin is on his shoulders, and there he is. And, and Jesus prays that prayer. And I want to encourage you to pray to your heavenly father. It's more intimate. It is. Because guess what? We are grafted in through Jesus Christ. He's the son of God. But because of him, I am a joint heir. I am a son of God. You are a daughter of God. And so we are, we are grafted in. I love that. So the tax collector knew who he was, what he was. And it was an honest evaluation of himself. And I'm reminded that no matter how long I've been saved, no matter where I am, I'm still a sinner saved by grace. doesn't matter if I'm speaking in front of you or speaking in front of a couple hundred mean teenagers. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. 
do me a favor, uh, Kentley, will you, will, you, will you jump up here on keyboard? It's on. I, I, I got it on for you already. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I'm glad that he showed up. I want to do something tonight. I know this is a little bit different than what we normally do. But I feel like that God is taking us somewhere. And uh, can you go to the key of G just to help me out there? Uh, I'm throwing him underneath the bus. He's just like, uh, he'll, he'll figure it out. Don't worry. Um, but I feel like God is taking us somewhere. And as I have been praying, uh, one of the things that I feel like that as a people of God, we got to prepare our hearts. I'm, I'm preparing to speak to these teenagers next week. And I was like, Holy Spirit, what, what do I speak to these kids? What do I tell these, these, these students? Because this is what I believe going in there. I believe that they're, every one of them has a calling of God on their life. Every one of them has a purpose that God wants to fulfill. And I believe God has a destiny for each and every one of them. I believe some of them may be preachers. Some of them may be missionaries. Some of them may be uh, Christian lawyers, Christian doctors, Christian nurses, Christian mechanics, we, Christian politicians. Lord, we need those. And I believe that. I believe that. And as I was preparing and I was thinking about, hey, how do I speak to these kids and how do I, how do I get down to their level? The Holy Spirit reminded me of something. He said, hey, just tell them they, they need to prepare their hearts. Prepare their hearts because as, as we go through this process in the next couple of weeks or next week with them, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Pray with me about this. We're going to deal with some things in their lives. We're going to get a little bit further. We're just going to dive into the Lord where we can. But the Holy Spirit reminded me of something. Guess what? We're the same. We're the same. If we want God to do the miraculous, we say, well, I'm, I know. I'm older. I'm up in years. Listen, Caleb was 85, and he still wanted to take the promised land. All right, so. If you're under 85, you got no excuse to not do something for the Lord. Thank you. But I think in this process, and, and honestly, I mean, since Sunday, well, probably since Saturday, God's been just dealing with, with me, your pastor. I'm, I'm being open and honest right now. Is that okay? Uh, that's the only way I know how to be. If we're going to go where we've never been, we have to be looking at ourselves and not allowing ourselves little things to creep in our lives that can cause consternation, that can separate us from God. Some of that's sin. Some of it's not sin. Here's something that, that I'm going to talk to the students about next week. Insecurity. Insecurity is not a sin, but it will keep you from the call of God on your life. I'm not good enough. I'm too old or I, I'm too tired. I can't, I can't serve. I can't do this. Really? That's a lie. That's a lie. Look at this. Verse 14 says this. Jesus' words. I tell you this. Or I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
And that reminded me of something. God, God reminded me of something this week that, hey, if I humble myself, God will be the one that will propel me. God will be the one to take me. God will be the one to promote me. I don't have to do any heavy lifting. It's topsy-turvy. It's backwards, right? The kingdom is back. Like, like when we think about the kingdom of God, Jesus said the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's backwards, right? We always say the first shall be first, right? Imagine watching the Olympics, watching 10 racers go, and the guy that got 10th place, they're like, you got first because you're 10th. Right? Everyone would be like, what is going on? But the Lord's saying that like, hey, those who humble themselves, those who humble themselves. Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? As a people, I don't want to ever, ever get in a prideful place. And I don't want to ever come from a prideful place. Because what happens is the Pharisee, legalism, rituals. They make us feel like we're something. I'm doing, 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 doing. But the grace of God reminds me I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And it puts this. It puts me in perspective with other people because what happens is then I say, hey, I'm a, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Katie's a person saved by grace. Dallas is a person saved by grace. We're all the same. We all need Jesus. I know this is a little different tonight. I know this is probably not what you're expecting, and I'm sorry if it isn't. But let me tell you something. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do a deep work within us. And it starts with me. How many want revival? It starts with you. God, I can't change everyone else's situation, but I can change my heart. God, I don't, I don't know about this person. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray, Lord, that you do what you need to do. But, Lord, help me. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Will you bow your heads with me? God, tonight, I thank you for your word. Lord, it's sharp. Lord, it cuts. Between the bone and the marrow, Lord, it, it, it cuts us. But what I love about your word, Lord, is even though sometimes it cuts and sometimes it hurts, God, it can heal in the same motion. Restoration. God, I believe, Lord, that as we humble ourselves as people, Lord, that you will be, begin to send your presence, that you'll be exalted, not for our glory, but for your glory. Not because we're great, because we're just sinners saved by grace. And Lord, that this church, Lord, that this community of believers would be a light in a dark and a dying world. Lord, that love would exude out of this, out of this building, not because we're great, but because you're great within us.